Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Um, how would you rate yourself as a mother? Ten. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with it. Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert, cougar mother. And her stand-up comic son, Cam. (laughs) Today is a Mother's Day special. Yes, because Mother's Day is on Sunday. Yes. And And if you didn't know, we record this podcast over Skype. So my mom is actually in Chicago. Chicago, yeah. And I'm in Los Angeles. And I remember growing up, I would make you breakfast in bed when we lived in the same house. He was always a very thoughtful son. And I can't do that for you today or on Sunday. So instead, I decided to take the reins on this episode and so allow you to sit back and just enjoy the episode and I'll be leading the way. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. Yeah. You don't need to worry about it. I'm not worried about it anyway, but I love having you take the reins. All right, great. This is like a breakfast in bed by a Skype. This is exactly it, yeah. I love it. So, before we jump in, usually I send you a card every year. I will still send you a card. Um, And I got to say, those cards are worth any gift. Oh. They're very, very heartfelt, thoughtful cards that... I hope every mother should get one day. Well, but so I, I, you'll still get one, but I wanted to give you a top five. Top five was that movie that uh, Chris Rock. Chris, Chris Rock, Rock. Top five. And it was like his top five favorite hip hop artists. Okay. I'm, I'm doing the top five things I love about Bob. Oh. You ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> I apologize in advance to our listeners if it gets too saccharine, too sweet. Um, but here goes nothing. Th- Wait, these- can I just say that this is even, I don't even care what you're saying. This is a very thoughtful thing that you even thought about this. And I th- hope that everyone hearing this will do the same for their moms. Hmm. Okay. All right. So the f- no, one, the number five, I'll start from five to one. I, I don't need to rate them anyway. Okay. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's one. Okay. One thing I love about you, mother, is that you are extremely fun to be around you're always very lively even when you're upset you get upset in a very uh humorous and exciting way that i'll i'll i want to be like swept up in the drama a bit (laughs) really yeah like you could call me up and (laughs) you'll be like i can't believe it like how are you doing mom you're like i can't believe it this this fucking Israeli company is trying to get me to do a review on their premature ejaculation products. They're only giving me $200 for this. What do they think? And this, <laughs> That's true. This is all true. This is you being upset, but it's very, it's comical. It's very comical. And you just, you're full of emotion. And so I, I think okay. that makes you very fun to be around. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That's, that's the best compliment you can give me. 
So another, otherwise I'd be boring and I wouldn't hate to be boring. Yeah, you're not boring. That is something <laughs> I don't need to worry about with you. Okay. Uh, another thing that I love about you, Mother, is that you're not afraid to be yourself in pretty much any setting, which is something that I've been working on a lot this year. I, uh, especially, you know, I, I often quote my therapist who quotes Miles Davis, who says it took him a long time to learn how to play like himself. And for you, yep. it feels like you are always playing like yourself. You're never editing yourself to be someone who you think you need to be around I- any circumstance. On the podcast, I feel like you're very much how you are in, in person day to day. Like in intense situations, yeah. Even even telling your parents what you do for a living and like expressing yourself, it's there's no. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of filtering going on with you. So I f- I always feel like you got a very authentic self. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I give little fucks about what people think, especially in the last ten years. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely helped when I've uh, moved on and separated from my parents and from everybody and giving a shit what people think. I don't care. And I think I, that is something that I really admire about you and hope to adopt. I hope that everybody can do that, too. I do. If everybody could just be themselves and not have to worry about what other people think, it just would be so awesome. That, that being said, the third thing I like about you a lot is that the other day you explained to me that um, you were very scared to express your opinion or be yourself around someone close to you. Oh, and, yeah. And you said this is something that you're working on in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting thing to hear from, A, my mother, and B, someone in, in their 50s. Yeah. Because I think I kind of imagine at a certain point, adults kind of just say, all right, I am who I am. I'm, I don't really need to focus on changing myself too much. And so you have this... Um, you're you're seeking to improve yourself and you have this humility that is a great juxtaposition to all of the confidence that you exude as well. Wow, God. This is the best thing you've ever given me in your life this Because <laughs> I didn't even realize that stuff, but you're right. I mean, there's a pot there I definitely want to self-improve at all times. I want to go like I just said I went to a spirituality conference to learn more about ways that I can improve, be a better listener. You know, be, have more patience and be able to confront people that I've normally shied away from confronting. So that that is true. Thank you for recognizing that. My pleasure. The fourth thing, <laughs> the fourth thing no, is I that don't want to end. <laughs> <laughs> you get five. We're at number four. The fourth thing is that uh, I like that you're you're a risk taker. Uh, and I know sometimes you th- you say like, "Oh, I'm so scared of this" or something like that, but. I think that you you end up. I don't think you realize the risks that you're taking all the time. Um, in turn, not like of all varieties. Like you are expressing your, yourself and all of your opinions on sex all the time, which is a big risk. Yes. Um, you you're often I mean, making decisions like, oh, I'm going to take this uh, last second trip to New York to be with my friend for her birthday. It's true. And. You're pushing, well, moving to LA without a place to stay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're one of the few people I know who are like, oh, I have three months where I'm going to be homeless, so I'm going to or between houses, so I'm going to just pick up all my stuff and move to Los Angeles for three months. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and it pushes me to take risks because you'll call me out when I'm not being 
as bold as I should be. Mm-hmm. You're often pushing me to be like, you're, go for it. Yeah, you're saying go for it. Don't don't feel like you need to do the traditional thing and get a job, and right. like worry so much about your career. Just focus on the day to day. Do what you love, and yeah. and everything will work itself out. Yeah, but you've taught, you've taught me a lot about that too. Oh, I I I I feel like that's a a big strong suit of yours. Well, thank you, honey. And the fifth is the thing I love most about you is that you have unconditional love for me and my siblings. This is true. And it really is, I'm so lucky to have that. Um, Because I think a lot of, a a lot of parents have their own egos to deal with. And it's hard for them to invest fully in their child without, um, without considering themselves first. And I'm, and and so many, so many times I'm, I'm amazed by how giving you are to us, even when we're like treating you with not as much respect or like, if I call you up cranky, cause I haven't slept that much, or I, I call you, I call you frequently with the same anxieties that you've been <laughs> dealing with, like for, you know, however long and it, it you just are there to listen and support and I'm very grateful for that. Oh my God. I think we're gonna have to end the call. <laughs> complete wreck. Wow. Um yeah. You know what? I couldn't ask for three better kids. And uh and, and, I chose to bring three children into this world and to me, if I chose that then I should be selfless about it. And that's how I feel. And I agree with you that there, unfortunately, there are too many people, um, specifically in my own inner circle of friends, even that, that don't think of themselves. Um, they think of themselves first and they think of what's going to be good for them. And if I tell them that all my kids are moving to LA, isn't that great? They'll be like, no, that's not great. You know, what about you? Mm -hmm. You're going to miss your kids. And I'm like, no, I have, I'm supporting my kids and wherever they want to be. And if I want to follow them, I'll follow them. But I want them to make their own decisions. Yeah. And follow what what their intuition tells them. And that specifically would be you guys. And all three of you guys have been incredible kids and people and adults. I think it comes from you. Well, I had some help with your father as well. (laughs) He took on a lot of the the, uh, disciplinarian aspects of the parenting and I took a lot of the uh, psychological uh, um, life affirming qualities mm-hmm. so but those five things that you just said to me I could not ask for better compliments or mm. better affirmations about my character and that you nailed it and I love you oh, I love you too that was the best Mother's Day gift I've ever received in my life oh. <laughs> and if anyone hears this Please, I challenge you guys not only to take the masturbation challenge, but <laughs> to go and come up with the five things and t- do the same thing that Cam just did to me because that was really a gift. And if more people did this, it would be just, I, I really can't even imagine how stronger your relationship will be if you guys do this. Hmm. So thank you. Of course. And now, oh. No, this is not the end of the episode. Are oh you kidding? Oh, my God. I'm a complete wreck. No, no, no. Oh. I wanted to get... So 
usually we have a guest on the show to discuss a, a thing that they're an expert in. And since I think you're an expert in parenting and mothering, I had a few questions for you that I think our listeners would enjoy listening to. And I think it's a part of sex because sex leads to babies sometimes. Yes, it does. <laughs> and it's important to know how to be a good mother once you have a child or a parent <laughs> okay. or, or a father. That's true. So the first thing that I want to ask you is, what do you think makes a good mother? Hmm. Well, I think I, co- I just covered quite a few when we were talking before, but I think the most important thing is the ability to bring out the strengths in your child and give them the confidence that they have their own intuition and that um, you respect that and that you don't restrain them until they dis- until they display reasons to be restrained. Hmm. So as far as I'm concerned, I, I treat children from the time they're born as little adults. Ah. I do. I'll talk to them like adults, and uh, I'm not as friends, but as, as you know, I respect them. And and so when I was raising you guys, all three of you, I I never would put like, oh, no sweets, or, you know, the the no no no, you can't do no video games and and uh, you know no drinking and whatever. I will encourage you to use your own intuition and responsibility to suffer the consequences if you make mistakes, mm. but to follow your own intuition. And I think that that's a very important part of parenting. Hmm. I, I think that is something that you're very good at in that I've seen you uh, push yourself with where, where you, you think that perhaps we're making a mistake. Like if we're not trying hard enough to get a job or, or do something or like apply to a college or something like that. And it, I see the dilemma in you where right. you're like, oh, God, I think he should be doing this. Right. But at the same time, he needs to make his own mistakes and yeah. and learn yeah. from it. And uh, it's an interesting balance to have to strike. Right. And I remember like one time in particular when Jeremy, your younger brother, was uh, – uh, I thought all along he was had so much talent in theater and he was a freshman. And I assumed that he's going to go out for the, the big musical – and I knew that there was a part that was perfect for him. And he says to me, I need to talk to you. I know you're going to be disappointed, but I decided to go into gymnastics. <laughs> this is someone who had no prayer. And it would prevent him from, from doing a musical. musical. Right. right. And this is someone who had no prayer, no prayer inclination, nor ability to do gymnastics. And my gut feeling was that it was not going to be a good idea for him. But he came up with some five good reasons. Right? <laughs> Top five? Top five reasons you should be on the gymnastics team, uh, not the least of it is it, it would get him to work out more and be with his friends and yada, yada. And uh, I said, you know what? As much as I was disappointed, I said, go for it. Go for gymnastics. Yeah. And I'll support you 100%. And I remember that. Went, yeah. And, but those are like, again, I remember when you people were like thinking about going away to overnight camp and some of my friends are, how could you send your youngest son, Jeremy, for eight weeks to overnight camp? And, you know, you're going to miss him so much. And I was like, no, if that's what he wants to do, he, it, although he was the youngest kid at the camp, yeah. he, he wants to go to overnight camp for eight weeks, he should go to eight, for eight weeks. It's not about me, it's about him. What's going to make him the happiest? Mm-hmm. As long as it's not detrimental, go for it. Yeah. Which is hard to know because it, it could have been... Uh, it seemed detrimental that to, for him to join the gymnastics teams in some way, 
because it kind of put him behind with regard to the musical and uh, he he learned from it. He had the experience. And I love that he came to me at how old are they in high school? Thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, "These are the reasons that I'm thinking." And he, they were very logical reasons. They all made sense to me. <laughs> you know, from his perspective, they made sense to me. Yeah. So, do it. Go for it. So, what do you think the hardest thing about having kids is? The hardest thing about having kids, uh, it, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, you are never there. I remember when I was pregnant with Jessica, and I had to stay in the hospital for two weeks, and. I just was like, oh, my God, I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to – I just wish this baby would come out. And the doctor said to me, listen, just for, you know, once this baby's out for the rest of your life, you have to think of that person first. It's never – you're never going to be just – without kids, you always can think about yourself first or your partner. But you can – once you have kids, you always have to think of that person first because you, you are bringing this person into the world and you're, you're there to raise these children. And I think the hardest part is becoming completely selfless and wow. – Realizing that, you know, as much as your dreams and ambitions might be inhibited by what you're doing for your kids, those kids have to be first. And you just have to make it their, their top priority. And it may, and I'll tell you something that's really, I don't know if I've ever discussed for certain, I haven't done it on the podcast, but I haven't discussed it maybe with you. But I feel that if someone said you have any regrets, I would say that about your dad's passing and what what I would have done differently in terms of our marriage, I probably would have. Uh, see, here's the dilemma. I wanted to put you first at all times. Mm-hmm. And that meant at the sacrifice of our marriage sometimes and, and being alone together. I mean, we, we still, we went out on Friday and Saturday nights and we always made time for each other. But there were times that I think I put you over him to a uh, detriment to our marriage. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, it is it it is one of those things that you have to de- you have to decide if you're having kids. Those kids are the most important thing in your life, and that's it for the rest of your life. They are going to be the most important thing in your life. Wow, I I didn't uh, I've never thought that uh, putting your kids like that. You it, it always felt like the option is to either put your family. It, it, okay, so what I'm trying to say is. I, I never considered that you had to weigh your relationship with your husband and your relationship with your kids uh, against each other. I always thought it was like, oh, I'm I'm choosing my family over my career or my family over my own personal uh, goals or growth. Yeah. yeah, but I never considered uh, that it is balancing relationships as well, including your relationship with your husband, especially um, in the evenings. I mean, because. That would be the only time that we would see each other. And that was also the time, especially when you get teenagers, that they want to talk. Hmm. Teenagers want to talk after 10 o'clock at night. That's when you want to open up and share the day. You're, you know, up until then, you're doing homework or activities or whatever. But that, that 10 o'clock at night is when you're going to be intimate with your spouse. Hmm. And if my kids want to talk to me, I'm there for them first. Wow. Thank you, Mood. <laughs> But I, it, that, that being said, I, you know, I did, we did make sure that we had time together. It just, and I think that he understood that. And I think that's the part that I don't know if a lot of men are as generous and understand that some men do get jealous. They don't want their wives or girlfriends or whatever taking care of their kids before. Wow. That's wild. So it is, it's a choice. Hmm. But if you're on the same page, which I think that was what was really good about some another parenting tip that I have is to always be on the same page with your spouse in front of the kids. 
you may not always be on the same page about disciplining, et cetera, um, when the kids aren't around. You could talk about that. But in front of your kids, you want the united front. I think that's really important. Wow. So they can be not, so the kids don't you know, become divisive. Some, something that you've all, you all, you've said to me many times that I recently repeated to my friend who said his mom used to say the same thing is that you, you never know, uh, when you're marrying someone and you're in a relationship with someone for a long time, how they're going to be as a parent. It's right. only until they're actually a parent that you get to see that. Yeah. It's such a risk, <laughs> but I think that that's why I, before you get married, you better make damn sure that this is the person that not just that I, I, not it's not just the person that you enjoy being with. It's not just the person that's going to provide an income or uh, not a person. It's just not. It's not just a person that you're compatible with sexually or that you have fun with. It's got to be a person if you're planning on having kids that's going to be a good parent, and that is not something that always works. I mean, it's sometimes you do have very differing parenting styles and mm. goals. Did I, you feel I, that? I always felt that my heart of hearts that we were on the same page. Wow. He would, he would do a little more extreme. Like if someone's acting up in a restaurant, he just would look at you and say, do you want to go to the car? <laughs> <laughs> and immediately everyone shut up. Because <laughs> uh. I think you and your siblings were very scared. Of, even though I don't, I can't remember one time that he ever laid a hand on you ever. But it was just disappointing him that I think caused you guys to be, you know, so scared of him. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's for you to, to say, but I don't think you were as scared as me as you were scared of him. <laughs> oh, certainly not. Certainly and, not. And I think actually Jeremy had ended up being more raised by you. Well, I was thinking about so that because <laughs> I, I was thinking about that because uh you know, I'm five years older than my brother, and I felt like I really, I took on a very strong fatherly figure for him, even when my dad was alive. Yeah. In uh, teaching him manners, and I was, I don't know why I decided to take on the disciplinary role. You, 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 and to the point of, if he didn't do well in school, he'd say, don't tell Cam, to me. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and if something happened to him that he was embarrassed about, or that he got in trouble with the police, or something like that, he don't talk him. <laughs> it, which is, I, I kind of, I, I don't know if I regret that. I, I, uh, but I, I realized that I picked up that technique from dad. That, yeah. that, um, and I have to think about whether I want to raise my kids the same sort of way, where to be stern, um. Whenever, yeah, at times. It's important at times. And it's really not fair for, like, it wasn't like I was always, like, easygoing either. There were plenty of times that I had to whip you guys into shape, so to speak, by, you know, I'd pull your sister out of a restaurant if she started back-talking me and say to her, okay, we're nipping this thing in the butt. You talk to me like that again, we'll never go to a restaurant again, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer in in natural, logical consequences. I taught a class when I was a school social worker about, it's called step parenting, not, not steps, but... Steps in the sense of steps to parenting, not uh, step parenting as in, you know, new marriage parenting. It oh, was more, got it. Yeah. So the class basically, you know, explained different types of misbehavior. But the most important thing, takeaway I got out of it, which I really think has helped, helped me raise uh, you guys, is natural logical consequences for, act, you know, act, actions. So, you know, instead of a lot of people will be like, well, if you do poorly on a test in school, I'm going to take away your dessert. Which is completely illogical. Mm. To me, if you do poorly in school, your consequence is, is going to be that you might get a detention or you might have to stay after to do ho- extra homework or there's going to be logical consequences from the school 
if you don't do your homework or if you don't do well. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you uh, stay up and eat candy all night long, the consequences are going to be you're going to have a really bad stomachache. So it's, it's more like the consequences will, will appear themselves and you yes. don't need to necessarily set them for. Natural. They're natural consequences mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. opposed to people I know that took away the TV or took away the keys to the car or whatever. You know, I, the only time I would do that is if something happened and you guys, you know, took a joyride, then I would take the keys away to the car. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the same thing as when you're training a dog. I mean, you don't want to kick a dog and you don't want to discipline a dog mm-hmm. for doing something wrong before they do something wrong. So you wait till the mistake is made and then you, and I think the most important thing, and I didn't even mention this and now that I'm thinking about it, is communication. I've always thought that if you communicate your thoughts and feelings to your children and you give them an open uh, forum to communicate back to you, that that's the best thing you could do for your kids, just to be open about it. And that's why we're doing this podcast is, is to show the openness that we have towards s- sexuality. Mm-hmm. How 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 did that develop between us? Like I remember growing up, I maybe I I saw you talking with Jess, and you'd have yeah. those uh, what what do you call them at night? Like private talks. Yeah, private talks. Yeah, and yeah. I I was like I want private talks, <laughs> and then I realized private talks are you just it's basically you just opening up. Yeah. With your parents at night. Yeah. Um. The only one who didn't have as many private talks as Jeremy was just this personality was more to keep it to himself. Yeah. Now he's, you know, I used to have to, you and I had dates. We had date night. Mm. We used to go I out to a Chinese restaurant once a week and we'd have date night, just the two of us. Because that typically doesn't happen when you have three kids and you have time alone with each kid. And I think that's really important too, to find time alone with each child. So I thought the same thing would happen with Jeremy, but... I had to literally bribe him to go on date nights. <laughs> like 45 minutes and we can get sushi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause he wasn't as into date nights as you guys were, but Although I think now he's come around. Now he's now he's don't drive back from Champagne to Chicago just to go to concert with me. So, Oh, so what about with, what about, what advice do you have to our listeners who are thinking about becoming parents who didn't have as great of a relationship with their parents? Say their parents were, a little more egotistical and they didn't have great child rearing technique. Right. right. What do you advise? Yeah. I mean, I I'm concerned that I'm too strict because of the way that dad raised me. I don't know if that's going to be the case or, or, but that's something I have to want to consider. What about for people who got had like really not the best? Yeah. 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 Well, I was raised by parents who didn't really have a lot, a lot of psychological background about, parenting they just you know went off with their common sense i guess um and a a lot i do think of parenting is your role models so it's natural that if you were beaten as a kid that the first thing you know is that when someone gets you angry you take out your belt and beat them um so i think that the best advice would be listen to a show like this and and hear you know people that you respect their ways of raising children and also i think reading they're, they're, like I told you, I talked. I taught this class on you know parenting and taking a parenting class, which I think should be mandatory for everybody that gets married, uh, <laughs> along with a relationship class. But a parenting class would be great, or book, read books on it, or listen to podcasts or lectures on parenting because there's a lot, there's tons and tons of information out there. And so, yeah, I think educate yourself before you have kids. Don't just assume you know what you're doing because you're able to make kids. Hmm. You can make kids, but you can't necessarily make. Kids that are responsible adults. 
caring adults. Um, how would you rate yourself as a mother? Ten. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with it. Back to my confidence again. You know, I I do follow my gut about everything. I do. And there's, okay, maybe it's not a 10 because I'm sure that there's times that I have, you know, screwed up, but I think that's, I could still call myself a 10 because I think that's, I'm human. I'm a human, Mm -hmm. I'm a human being and I'm going to screw up. But I think that, that, Again, everything I do is is really based on a caring place for my children. And I think of myself as the best parent that I could be at all times. And again, even as finding a, a second partner in life, I looked at one that realized the importance of my relationship with you and your siblings. So mm-hmm. with these, one of the things that endeared me to him is although he doesn't have children of his own, he recognizes the importance of my relationship with you guys and if he he know, if you guys call, he realizes that you know we may he may not be watching the TV show with me that he wanted to be watching, and he'll go in the other room and I'll give me my time with you guys. And it, he's very selfless when it comes to that. And I think again, that's that's really important that you find someone who understands your values. Uh, I'll tell you, I I very much appreciate this as well, and it actually makes my fondness for Dee's uh, grow tremendously because I'm like, wow, I I mean. To, to recognize how important we are to you and vice versa and to give space for that is so generous of him. Uh, and I, in something that I, I, that stuck with me f- for a long time was after we took, we all took a family vacation together. It was our first time and it didn't go too well. Cause we want, you know, we have an extremely tight knit nuclear family and these is a, a semi recent arrival relative to, uh, the rest of us hanging out. And afterwards you made a comment that was like, you know, I'm not sure if we need to do that again, or at least, you know, for now until we we become more acquainted with each other, because it feels like when I mix, I I love you guys and I love D's and it's like, it's like, (laughs) but they don't necessarily need to mix. They're like two phenomenal desserts like uh right, right. like strawberry shortcake and like a, 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 a creme brulee you don't necessarily need to mix the two they're good to stand on their own um, yeah. and that yeah. was, that really stuck with me because i was like wow you're not forcing any situation that doesn't organically exist i mm-hmm. mean you i mean eventually i think it will get to the point where we're spending a lot of time with each other mm-hmm. and it will feel natural for all of us to on vacations or whatnot, uh, mm-hmm. but that was a really um, impressive thing that that you recognized and, and verbalized. Yeah, I think a therapist helped with that too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting because when I got married to your dad, I was twenty three years old. Just imagine that, and I had this vision of this like fantasy. Oh, my parents and his parents were all going to get together all the time. We're going to hang out. My parents are going to hang out alone with his parents and we're all going to be friends. They're all going to have compatibility and it's going to be one big happy family. And it just didn't work out that way. And I mean, they're very different people. They have different cultures, different backgrounds. One's Argentinian, one's born here. And it's just, it's, it's a different, it's a different mix. And they all got along fine when we got together for, you know, family dinners and things like that. But it wasn't like I, this dream that I had that everybody was all going to mm-hmm. be one, you know, new nuclear family. And I think that's something that, you know, as an adult, you need to realize that you are marrying into a family. So no matter how you slice it, you, you know, you want 
<laughs> you want to get along with them. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, it doesn't always end up that you guys are going to be, uh, you know, best of friends. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You can, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your nuclear family. <laughs> how, how, did it, how do you handle, um, and how did you handle us leaving the home? to go to college and then after college? It was very, uh, what's it called, bittersweet because I was very excited for you guys and I had a wonderful college experience. So to me, I always say that those are the best four years of my life and anybody listening to this is entering college for the first time. Those are the best four years of your life. You will never get a time in your life where you don't have to think about anybody, literally, but yourself and you don't have to do anything but study and studying is fun, or not necessarily fun, but studying is, is interesting. If it, even if it's and not fun, just don't do it as much. And if you don't do it, it's not the end of the world because you probably will pass. <laughs> so, so basically, college, I always thought of college as much more than just a, uh, a, an educational experience from a, um, from a book sense. I thought of it as a social education, a very important social step. Uh, towards growth and to, I mean, the conversations that I had, you know, late at night with my friends have been just incredible. And I still am very close with the college friends. So when you guys went off, I had this excitement in my heart that you guys were about to step into those same journeys, even better than me, because, you know, you know yours were at very prestigious schools and, and uh, very with like-minded people. And I think that you know, you guys in particular, you, you, you older two love to study so much and love to learn so much that I knew that that would be a really good place for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas I went mostly, I didn't want to go to, I got into Wash U, I didn't want to go there, I was too studious. I went to U of I because there was a lot more partying going on, but that's what I was into. So I was very excited for you guys going to college and I was going to miss you. And I did at first really think that like I never would, the relationship was going to be completely altered when, you know, you went, but with the advent of cell phones and with the advent of emails and texts and all the other stuff, I think it, it was a lot easier to really stay connected with, with you guys than it was for my parents who would literally call me once a week. I'd pick a night that I knew I wasn't going to be drinking or smoking pot, and that was the night that I could talk to them. Mm. <laughs> other, than, other than that, I never talked to them except for one, maybe we'd write a letter now and then. But wow. I did write each of you guys heartfelt going away to school letters that, you know, I, I've recently found when I was going through my letters and cards and reread them again. So, uh, yeah, those are, that's, that was my feeling about kids going away to college. It's a wonderful time, but it's also a time that, you know, your family just is never going to be the same. Yeah. Um, what, sometimes people, uh, say that there's like studies out there that show, People that on average, people without children are happier than those with children. Now, I don't know how you could possibly measure this, and I haven't read the studies firsthand, but do you think children are worth it? And yes. what do you think is the best <laughs> part of having children? Do I think children are worth it? A hundred percent, yes. I, I can't even imagine my life without them. Um, I, as a matter of fact, when I used to play the game of life when I was a kid, I would I would not go for the you know the advanced degrees or the fame or whatever. I'd go for the car full of little children in the car, little mm. plastic figurines I'd put in the car. I'd always want four of them. And I think at one point I did want four. So I can't even imagine my life without children. I just, I had 
three miscarriages, late miscarriages. I was pregnant six times. My entire 20s and 30s were consumed with having children. And that was where I was at. I didn't even, I mean, my favorite story, not my favorite story, but one of my most <laughs> telling stories is when I took an astrology class. And after class, the teacher said, you guys can all come up and ask me a question about yourself. And I walked up and I asked, like questions about you guys and your astrology and what it was going to mean in your life. And she turned, the teachers turned to me and she asked me, why are you not asking me anything about yourself? Mm. So that's how invested I was in, in raising kids. And I was lucky and fortunate enough to be a stay at home mom. I don't know that I would say my life would be the same if I was having to work at a job that maybe I wasn't really happy with just to pay the bills. And mm -hmm. I didn't have a partner that was able to help out with that. Cause I, I was I was fortunate. I was able to stay at home for a, a good portion of your, your your childhood, all three of you. So uh, that would be the best part of having kids. And then the what was staying, the staying kids? wait? What is the best part? Staying home and being yeah, no no. I, the best part of having kids is just having that extension of of myself and and, and having you part of my life. You're my best friends. Hmm. What was the second question? Or <laughs> was there a second question? Are children worth it, and what's the best part of having them? Yeah. So I think that this uh, whole conversation has really made me think about it. And the thought, the thought of not having you in my life, um, I just I think would be very, very empty. And, uh, yes, you, I have friends that have chosen not to have children. Are they happy? Yeah, they are happy. Would they be happier if they had kids? Probably not because the, the people that have chosen not to have kids have decided not to have kids. They made that decision. They thought mm -hmm. they, for whatever reason, they didn't think they'd be a good parent or they just didn't feel that they, one of my friends said she was just too selfish of a person. She didn't want to have kids. Mm. So she has dogs. So would I want to have kids now after, <laughs> after this many years, if I was able to? No, I've done it. I've been, that was a part of my life and uh, I'm able to reap the benefits now. Which is this? Which is this type of conversation? <laughs> which is amazing to have a, someone like you that articulated so well the, my strengths is is um, mm. is not just a parent but a person is just incredible. This has been unbelievable for me. It's better than any therapy. Oh, do you, so I have a couple more questions. Do you have? Do you think that I should have kids? Yes. <laughs> Unequivocally, I can't imagine like anybody listening to this when they're on the gym or working out. They're all probably screaming out yes at the same time. I am. You're just such a giving, sweet, considerate, wonderful person that I can't imagine you not having kids. Mm. I don't care if you've got to adopt someone from, you know, do like a Brangelina thing. <laughs> <laughs> do you, and where do you see our relationship going in the future? Yours and mine. Mm-hmm. Of course, the two of us are going to have the most successful podcast on the iTunes radio, and we're going to, uh, I don't know, I think that we're always going to be a very close-knit group, and you and, and your and my relationship, I can't imagine there's ever going to be anything that would rock the boat, so to speak. I think that when we do have issues, we don't hold them back, and we always speak about them, and, and in a very respectful manner. I think I respect you, and you respect me, and I think that's very important in any relationship, especially parent-child. Hmm. What do you think? Well, when you said that, I was—I I never like lines that are like so certain, like that are like there's nothing that come will come between it because you have no idea what's gonna. Who knows if I'm even gonna be alive tomorrow? Who knows if you're gonna be alive tomorrow? Uh, obviously, if that if if it's 
if if our future contains something like that, it would be very, very, very uh, horrific. I, okay, I, so I don't like to think even that that's a possibility. I, I also think that in general, I you never know what's around the corner. So who knows if someone comes in our life that makes it extremely challenging for us to connect. I don't know. Is it? I think our bond is extremely uh, strong, and it would be very, very challenging to break it. Um, and I, I, I see it uh, growing in the future as we continue uh, to spend more time with each other. If you move out here, or, you know, I just from doing this podcast, it's it's grown incredibly. Oh my God, has it ever! So to continue doing it, I know that will affect it, and yeah, I'm excited I, I, to see I, I where it goes. I'm given the hundred percent certainty that. <laughs> I mean, if there, I can't imagine you, for example, choosing a spouse that would ask us to, you know, that would come between us. Right, right. Uh, I can't imagine anybody externally that could ever come between us. I just can't. I mean, obviously, there's things that can happen that are beyond our control, but within our control, I don't think anything could happen. Okay. And then my final question is, how do you cultivate that unconditional love? Hmm. See, it's just there. I don't know that you cultivate it. I think it's just there. Hmm. It's like a, it's a dog. I'm like a puppy with a, its master. That uh, Yeah, I just have this unconditional love for my kids. And just when you give birth to a child, it's just, you know, this it's, uh, I don't know, you just hold that child and the next thing you know, you're just bonded. You, mm-hmm. you know, carrying a child for nine months, you, it's a part of you and you're feeling, you're feeling the first, you, the first heartbeat and the first kick and, you know, you, you just, I don't know, that, that is something that's inex, inexplicable. With that, I think that's the, uh, the Mother's Day special. Oh my God. This has been the best, best podcast I think we'll ever have done as far as I'm concerned, but, uh, I love you very much. Wood. I love you very much. And this has been, uh, such an incredible, I'm, uh, I'm extremely yes. grateful for you. I'm very grateful for you. So happy mother's day to all you mothers and children out there. Uh, if you like our podcast, share it with a friend. Yeah. And write a too. review on iTunes. Yeah. I'm dying to hear about the top five that you guys come up with for your moms. Also, we have a newsletter that is now fully functional, and you can sign up for it at sextalkwithmymom.com. It would be a very good idea for you to do that, too. No guilt here, but if you don't, we could end up losing contact, and that would be a terrible thing. The Mother's Guilt. The Mother's Day Guilt. If you want to give me a Mother's Day present, sign up for the freaking newsletter, okay? <laughs> and, and also, give us a good review on iTunes, because that will keep us uh, in the, the top uh, genre station or whatever it is what what is it we're trying to get it here (laughs) i don't know we already said that i'm all verklempt we're all we're all we're all messed up here okay i'm a complete wreck i gotta go (laughs) do my makeup um anyway bye all hey just one more thing let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees bye-bye love you love you